Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. You know, the best news for us believers is that regardless of the kind of father that we have, we have a good heavenly father. And let me tell you that if you didn't have a dad or you didn't have a good dad, let me tell you that you do have a good heavenly father. Amen. And you know, if your dad hasn't been in the picture, let me tell you that you could be a good dad one day. And you know why I know this? Because my dad is a great dad. And he did not have a good dad. His dad was a drunk. His dad was a womanizer. His dad would beat uh, his mom and my uncles. His dad was a horrible person. That by the grace of God, before he passed away, the Lord saved him and, and he became a Christian. And I know that he's in the presence of God now. But my dad did not have a good dad. Yet my dad, because of Jesus, has been an amazing father. Can I brag a little bit about my dad? Is that all right? I promise I'm not going to preach about him. But, but let me tell you how awesome this guy is and how blessed I am. Last weekend, I was supposed to go see him um, after church. I, I, I don't like skipping church, so I was going to leave right after church, and I haven't seen him in a couple of months, and uh, I was going to go see him, and he was really excited. But then he found out that there was an opportunity for him to go minister to a prison in Sonora, Mexico, and he said, you know, I want to go, but if you come, I'm not going to be able to go. And, and I said, Dad, go. Go, go. We'll make time on another time, but you go. Go minister to those in need. And I want to show you a couple of pictures of uh, his time in, uh, in this prison in Ensenada. Check this out. These are inmates. And my dad gave up his time with his kids to be able to go minister to people. There's another one. Uh, uh, go to the next one. He shared something really funny with me, that picture on that side over there. Um, he said, you know, God is so awesome because these two guys right away, they were drawn to me and they walked side by side. And I felt like they were angels that were protecting me because, because I mean, I, not that I felt threatened, but, but it is a prison after all, you know. And, uh, you know, my dad has been an amazing father to, to us. He hasn't been a perfect father because there is no perfect father, but he's been an amazing father. And I'm able to be a, a good father. I think I'm a good father because I've had a good father. And my hope is that Nathan's going to be even the better dad than I am or my dad was. Amen. So I want to tell you that, that if you're a dad, you could be a great dad. And if you didn't have a great dad, you could be a great dad one day. In fact, I love being a dad. It's one of my favorite titles. And it only comes after two other titles that I enjoy more than being a dad. You know what those other two titles are? The first one is being a beloved son of God. 
And second, being a husband to that hot wife God gave me. Only after those two things, being a father is my favorite title. And by the way, it comes, it comes way ahead of being a pastor. It comes way ahead of being a brother. It comes way ahead of being a friend. It comes way ahead of being an employee. I love being a father. And I love it for many reasons. You know, when I come home and I, and I open the back gate, Nathan can hear me. And I could hear him. And he says, Daddy's home. You know, there is no sweeter voice than to hear your kids say, Daddy is home. I love being a dad because, you know, it's awesome to be the strong one, to open up the cans and lift up the, the, the couches. It feels so good when they come running to you and they say, Dad, can you open this up for me? Mom says, can, can you lift the couch? Can you lift the... It feels good to be the strong one, right? And I love being a father because it's awesome when your kids run to your arms because they're scared of something or someone. It just does something to a man's heart when you see your kid running to you because they feel scared or afraid. Dad, you got to know that being a father is a wonderful privilege. It's a wonderful privilege. One that, that causes us for you to, to deserve to be celebrated, to be honored, to be, to be made feel special, to hear words of affirmation and affection. And dads, please, the one thing that I would want you to walk away this morning knowing, the one thing that I would want to impress upon your heart, the one thing that I would want the Holy Spirit to touch in your soul and help you understand is that dads, we see the hard work you do. We see your sacrifices. We see your labor. We see that you keep trying and we celebrate you. We applaud you. We thank God for you. You got to know that being a dad is a privilege. And you know, when I think about being a dad, there's another three-letter word that comes to mind. Anybody know what that word is? It's the word job. And not because dads are workaholics or because dads work a lot. No, when I think about dads, biblically speaking as well, I think about a job. And the reason when I think about fatherhood, when I think about being a dad, I think about a job is because the Bible tells us that God gave fathers a big job. That's why today I titled my sermon, Dad, small word, small word, big job. Because God gave us a big job. And you know what? It's not like the, it's not like, like out there in the workforce, right? The longer your, your title, the less you do, right? It's like, who are you? Oh, I'm the manager of strategic uh, planning and scheduling uh, department so-and-so. What do you do? Nothing. But God gave us fathers a small title, dad, but a big job. And, you know, we see this exemplified in the lives of many men in the Bible. Men like David, men like Joseph, men like Noah, men like Moses, men, men like Job. But perhaps it is 
best exemplified in the life of Abraham. When you walked in, you should have gotten a bulletin. If you didn't get one, you can raise your hand and they'll bring one to you. Inside, you're going to find an outline. Look at what Genesis 18, 19 says. Look at this. We, we see a glimpse of this amazing job that God gave us men. This is, this is Jesus speaking, okay? Jesus in the Old Testament, right? And he says, I have chosen him, speaking about Abraham, I have chosen him to teach his family to obey me forever and to do what is right and what? Fair. If they do, I will give Abraham many descendants just as I have promised. Dads, the job of a dad doesn't end when the kids are born. Our contribution to the family, to the lives of our kids is not just to be donors. Our job doesn't end when a kid is born. Our job begins when they are born. And it is a great privilege. And, and you know, this big job that God gave men, that God gave fathers, is the job to bring order to the family, to bring protection, to bring discipleship, to bring honor to God by the way the family lives. And I know that as I look at our society, many men feel that this job is, is just way too big. It's way too big. Nobody can do that. And I want to tell you that if you think that way, you're wrong. Thank you, Mom. Thank you so much. That if you think that this job for you is too big, I want to tell you that you're wrong. I want to tell you that you are the man for the job, that maybe you've gotten tired, that maybe you've got made mistakes, that maybe you got discouraged, but I want to tell you that you are the man for the job, that God called you, that God gave you children because he knew that it was in you to do the job. So if you if you maybe feel tired, if you maybe feel discouraged, if maybe you've made some mistakes, what I want to do today is I want to encourage you. And I just want to remind you, and I want us to celebrate the importance of being a father, of being the man for the job. You know, I, I, I have these simple goals in life. There's three things that, that as time goes by, uh, that when people leave my life and they return to my life for whatever reason, I want, the, I want to be able to say those three things are still true of me. What are those three things? I want as time go by, no matter how much time goes by, the first thing I want to be able to say is I am still a follower of Jesus Christ. I have not abandoned my faith. I have not quit on my relationship with Jesus. I am not angry or bitter at God. I am still a disciple that is following the master Jesus. But the second thing that I want to be able to say is I want to be able to say I'm still married to the hot, awesome wife God gave me. It's not a different one. It's the same one. I want to be the only husband Lorena ever knows and needs. But I also want my children. I also want my children for me to be the father that they need and get. 
So you are the man for the job. You are. God called us, and we have an amazing privilege. Now, what does it take to be the man for the job? Well, let's look at that passage, and let me share with you. Let me remind you of three things, three decisions that you can make, three actions that you can take to help you to be the man for the job that you were called to. Are you ready? Can you elbow the person sleeping next to you and tell them, are you ready? There's some bacon waiting outside. There's some ice cream floats waiting outside. There, there's, there's a bunch of awesome stuff waiting outside. So, so don't fall asleep. By the way, before we look at that, I forgot to mention this. <coughs> In a few minutes, we're going to give dads a chance to win a 50-inch 4K TV. I want to win it. I got my ticket. But you can increase your chances of winning by being part of a competition that we're going to have in just a few minutes. What competition is that, Pastor? We want to hear your best clean joke. The dad that says the best joke, listen to this, is not only going to win an Amazon gift card, but they're going to win extra three tickets for the TV raffle. So not that I'm telling you to think of the best joke or Google a joke as I'm preaching. Don't do that. But, but just, just kind of get ready, okay? I intentionally didn't tell a joke today because I tell you one every Sunday, okay? So let's go back to the sermon. To be the man for the job, here's the, here's the first thing. To be the man for the job, choose to be a father, if you are going to be the man for the job, the first thing we got to do is you got to choose to be a father. Look at what the first part of that verse says. It says, I have chosen him to teach his family. God chose you to be a father. The scripture tells us that children are a But you want to know something else too? Being a father is also a gift from God. So if you are a father, you got a double gift. You got the gift of children, but you also got the gift of being a father. Now, once again, being a father is not a one-time thing. It's not, it's not just, uh, you know, I kind of participated in the way kids are made and my part is done. No, you got to keep showing up for the job. You got to keep choosing to be a father. Let me tell you something. If the job is going to get done, you got to show up to work, which means you got to choose to be a father. Now, I know I got three kids, you know, and at times I think that they may be possessed. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. I know being a father is not easy. I know at times it's difficult. But man, listen to me. No matter the time, we can always choose to be a father. Even when we're tired, even when we're lost, even when we're in hurt, in pain, we can choose to be a dad. My dad, to this day, I am about to turn 40 in a couple of weeks, and my dad to this day tells me, you could be smarter than me. You could be stronger than me. You could even be my pastor. But guess what? I'm still your dad. And you know what? I'm glad he tells me that. 
because I still need a dad. I still want him to be my father. And listen, if you got kids at home, especially little ones, but if you got kids at home, the best thing you could do on your drive home is to take off whatever other hat you've been wearing all day and decide to be a dad. Say, I am going to leave the stress of work. I am going to leave the problems of work. And I am going to put my dad hat on. And I am going to father those kids like they've never been loved. Choose to be a dad. And by the way, dads, don't let other areas of your life take you out of the game of being a dad. You know, things may have not worked out with your spouse. Still be the best dad your kids can have. You may not be as athletic as other men. You could still be an awesome dad. You may not be as academic or as smart. You could still be a great dad to your kids. Listen to me, parents. Listen to me, dads. An imperfect father is a hundred times better than an absent father. Sometimes we men are so hard on ourselves and we say, because I am not perfect, you know, it is better if I'm not in the picture. Listen to me. That is a lie from the pits of hell. An imperfect father is a hundred times better than an absent father. And by the way, dads, the goal is not to be a perfect dad. The goal is to point to the perfect. There is no perfect father. There only one and our job is not to be it our job is to point towards him amen so 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 here's the thing what keeps many fathers from being fathers i'll tell you the number one reason sin there is no greater danger to your life in every area like sin And many of us believe that what I do with my body, with my choice, what I do with my decisions, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter to anybody else. Let me tell you that that is not true. Because when your dad chose to cheat on your mom, it impacted you and it hurt you. So dad, you got to take sin seriously. And if you got some secret sin in your life, You got to root that sucker out because it will destroy your life and it will ruin you as a father. Amen. I only heard ladies say amen. So (laughs) second thing, you want to be the man for the job? Not only do you got to choose to be a father, but the second thing you got to do is you got to make your character your biggest tool. You got to make your character your biggest tool. One of the things about most men, most men, I think all men in some way, is that we like tools. You know, it may not be mechanical tools, but for some people, it's, 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 it has to do with computers, or it has to do with sound, or it has to do with running equipment. Men love tools. And the right tools do not only make the job easier, but they make us more effective. They make us more productive. The right job can take you from working hard to working smart. And when it comes to being a father, the tool of trade, the tool we can we cannot do without is the tool of our character. Look at what that passage says. 
It says, I have chosen him to teach his family to obey me forever and to do what is right and what? Fair. Men, listen to me. God appointed us to be the leaders of our home to lead our wife, to lead our children. God gave us the responsibility of shaping and molding our kids. But you got to know that there is something that has more weight than our words, and that is our actions. More than telling your kids what to do, you need to show them what to do. Now, here's the thing about character. You ready for this? You know when our character is most visible? You know when our character is most revealed? In crisis, in difficulty. It is when you're already late and you get a flat tire that your kids will see your character. It is is when, when something you really love and appreciate gets stolen or lost that they'll see your character. It's when you get fired And it's not even your fault and you can't find the job that your family will see your character. It's when the doctor gives you bad news that your character is revealed. And fathers, it's not enough to say God says. We must do like God says. Because we are most effective as fathers, not only when we're telling them what God says, but when we're showing them with our actions, what God says. Guys, we can't expect our kids, we can't hold our kids to a standard that we don't hold ourselves to. You want your kids to respect your wife? Make sure you respect her too. You want your kids to have pure eyes and a pure mind? Make sure your eyes and your mind are pure too. You want your kids to be generous and to share? Well, they got to see you be generous and share. You want your kids to listen to you? Make sure you listen to them as well. You want your kids to love the Lord and be faithful to his church? Make sure that you are loving the Lord and that you are faithful to his church. See, man, we need to be able to say to our children, like Paul said to the church in Corinth, Paul told the church in Corinth, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That is what we as men need to be able to do as well. And see, I understand that sometimes some men find themselves in a difficult situation, and perhaps that may be you. Perhaps something or someone is making fatherhood difficult and challenging. And my encouragement to you is to not underestimate the providence of God. Do not underestimate the fact that God is at work. The story's not over. And God is the author of the story. God's hand is a move. Do not underestimate the providence of God. Keep choosing to be a father and keep doing the best to to father with your character. Amen. Number three, number three, to be the man for the job, you got to live for a purpose. Become the man for the job when we live for a purpose. Most men, especially fathers, approach all things in life asking two questions. Most men, they approach every, if you're married, 
I'm gonna give you a secret. If you're married, your 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 husband, these are two questions that he's asking all the time. Okay? If you're telling your husband your problems, these are two questions that he's trying to answer all the time. You know what those two questions are? What and how? What happened and how do I fix it, right? We men are good at giving solutions, right? Our wives pouring out her heart to us and we already got three steps that they need to take to just deal with that situation, right? Men, men are just what and how, what happened? How do I fix it? How do I solve it? What is it? How do I get it? Let me tell you, if you want to be a great father, you need to ask a third question. And that third question is why? Ask why. Why did God choose Abraham and appointed him the way he did? Why? Why, why did God give Abraham that task? Well, look at that last part of the verse. Look at the last part and it says, if they do, I will give Abraham many descendants just as I promise. The reason, the motivation, the fuel for Abraham to do the job is that God had given him a promise. Behind every promise, there is a purpose. God doesn't just give promises because he's got a purpose. What was the purpose behind the promise that he gave Abraham? Well, that he wanted to bless the whole world through Abraham. He wanted to bless all the nations through Abraham. So dad, two questions. What purpose are you living for? And what purpose are you raising your kids for? What purpose are you preparing them for? Are you helping them to have great dreams about their role in the kingdom of God? Are you equipping them to be the salt and light that Jesus said we ought to be? See, some of you, you come or you are in humble beginnings. Some of you, you are or you come from an obscure position. So you wonder if you have the capacity, if you have the gifting to be able to shape a child to be successful, to be godly, to be a recipient of God's promises. And I want to tell you that you are. You are able. And the way to do that, it's called discipleship. The gospel has the power to transform and to elevate not just your life, but the life of your kids. And the gospel tells us that the Holy Spirit is there to help us and to empower us, but we got to disciple our kids. We cannot expect the Sunday school teacher for an hour to disciple our kids and for them to grow up to be men and women of God. You got to do it as you have dinner. You got to do it as you, as you travel. You got to do it as you're having fun. You got to do it in those special moments. You got to disciple. You got to shame. You got to mold your kids with the gospel because a great father fathers with a purpose in mind. I wonder, do you want your kids to be the hands and feet of Jesus? Do you want your kids to be light in the, in the darkness of this world? Well, if you do, you got to live with a purpose and you got to disciple your kids. 
Now, here's the best part. And I'm almost done with this. In the book of Acts, Jesus told his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when he comes, he's going to fill you with power and you're going to be my witnesses. Let me tell you something else, Dad. You can't do the job without the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the indwelling. We need the filling of God's power upon us to be witnesses to our kids. You know who the hardest people to evangelize are? Our family, because they know us. They know, they know every cuss word. They know every mistake. They know every lie. They know every time you went to Disneyland and said your kid was two when he was actually five because you didn't want to pay. They, they know when you sneak in movie into the theaters. They know when you say you haven't gotten one just to be able to get a second one. Our family knows. And dad, as strong as your muscles may be, the power that you need is not just physical, but it's spiritual. And Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit came upon us, that we would receive power. Power to keep showing up. Power to not let my marital problems, power to not let work, problem to not let stress take me out of the game of saying, I am a father to my children. But the Holy Spirit will also give you power so that your character can be transformed. I got issues. I'm a pastor. Martha came up to me and she said, she's, she was so kind. She said, Pastor, I know you're just an amazing father. And, and, and I said, I try. Nobody can blame me for not trying. But you know what? I'm not perfect. My biggest flaw, you know it. I'm very impatient. And you know who's even more impatient than me? Nathan. We're, we're, we're on a stoplight, and the guy will shout, it's taking too long. It's taking too long. And you know what? I go, man, thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me shape my character. <laughs> we'll go to eat, and we barely place our order, and the food is taking so long. The food is taking too long. The Holy Spirit will give you power to change your character. But here's the best part. The Holy Spirit will give you power to be able to live for the purpose that God called you. I don't know if my kids will be pastors one day, but here's what I do want. I want them to be men and women of God. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. 
We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.